over there. What can you tell? One, tell me one thing about the book of Ephesians. It's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. <laughs> they're, they're well educated. Anything else? It's my favourite book. There we go. Thank you. That was what I... Well, essential knowledge. <laughs> it is essential knowledge. For the, uh, as Jamie was saying, um, that, that person who... Uh, back chapter 2 wasn't, wasn't me. But actually, uh, Ephesians, over, over the years, has become my favourite book of the Bible. Now, uh, whether you're allowed the favourite book of the Bible, I'm not sure. Um, they're all brilliant. <laughs> uh, but this one in particular... Uh, for me, speaks so much of the amazing grace and love and goodness of God. And uh, so we're going to go through this book. It wasn't, I, I didn't choose it, Jamie chose it, and I was so pleased uh, that we are going to do this. Uh, let me encourage you to, uh, over the next few weeks, to read it, to read through the whole book. Um, and uh, the thing is, it's full of stuff, it's full of stuff. Excellent, really good stuff. And we're going we're gonna to do it in chunks. Um, obviously and, and, and bits and pieces but um, uh, what I suggest you do is read through it all um, and then read it again but this time take a little longer and let God speak to you from individual verses that jump out and this is how I, I read the Bible often is that I take a section um, and I read it and then I'll just rest on one phrase or one verse that particularly speaks to me and uh, uh, you know maybe a year later I'll come back to the same section and as I read it again something different will jump out and I just would just go with that um, and there, there is a reason for this because particularly uh, the first few chapters of Ephesians are absolutely packed full of amazing Good things of God, okay, and uh, and it's almost now. I, I just want to tell you a little bit of a story here because we're going to read initially from Ephesians chapter one, one to fourteen. Uh, now, um, this week uh, uh, on Tuesday, I was taken out to lunch, which was very nice. Uh, a chap that was um, leaving, um, and we were we, we had a, we had a meeting, and he said, "Oh, well, look, as this is my last time, I'm going to be here with you." I'm just going to take it to lunch. It wasn't a particularly special lunch in one sense, because it was just down to the local cafe. Um, but uh, I don't know about you, but I, this cafe isn't one we have menus on the table. It had, on, above the sort of counter place, just all the stuff that they, you could choose from. And when I went in there, I just I looked and I was like, oh, that looks really <laughs> And oh, look at, oh, oh. oh it's like, and it was just loads of the stuff. I thought, oh, there was... I don't know what you like, but I mean, at lunchtime, I mean, there was there was you know a full full breakfast, oh, bacon, eggs, everything, and then, then you could add chips to that, and then and then there was a full roast dinner, uh, liver and bacon. That's one of my favourites. Uh, and then there was chili con carne. I love chili. Oh, I love chili. And then lasagna. And and I was I was just sort of I was looking at this, thinking, oh no, I don't know what to have. And and it was almost you know I thought oh, I can have one of each. I thought, no, that, that wouldn't do me any good. Because uh, big portions, you know, one of these places. That, and, uh, and, and coming to, to a passage of Scripture can be like that. There is so much here that actually almost, if you, if you try to eat it all, it will just be too much for you. Um, and so I, I eventually picked one, which was lovely. 
Um, and hopefully I'll go back there another time, although this guy's gone, so he won't pay for me. I'll pay for Phil. <laughs> I'll choose something else. Uh, and choose something different, and, and I'll pick from, from the menu. So as we read this passage, it's absolutely full. So we're not gonna, I'm not going to have time this morning uh, to look at every detail of this. In fact, we're only going to look at one or two items. Uh, but I understand that actually this is something you can go back to time and time again. You can get something fresh and something new from it. Okay, so Ephesians chapter 1. It says there, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. To the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of, his, of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. And he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, to be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfilment, to bring all things in heaven and earth together under one head, even Christ. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance (coughs) until the redemption of those who are God's possession, to the praise of of his glory. Amen. Amen. Now that's an amazing passage of scripture and, and I'm not going to attempt to go into the, the full depths of that this morning. Uh, you get a little bit bored and I haven't got that much time but it is full of <laughs> wonderful, wonderful stuff. So wh- when I looked at this I thought I don't know where to start and, I, I, and so I just read it through again and as, um, as I said to you earlier I just felt God first of all pick out the first verse. So I'm going to read that again. Uh, I'm going to start there. We'll start with, it's always a good place to start, verse 1. Um, and just the first part of the first verse, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God. Do you, do you have that one? <laughs> okay. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God. And, and that, far, that expression jumped out at me, by the will of God. And um, now Paul, as uh, those that uh, know the the Bible a bit know, was was an apostle. He was called by God and he was saved um, and went around telling people about Jesus, planting churches, seeing many people saved. Now if you look at Paul and you met him, you would know he was quite a forceful character. He was Someone that um, was strong and uh, well-educated. He, uh, he, he grew up being, being well-taught. He was the leader of those who persecuted the church when it first started. Um, he was a man of purpose, a man of vision, a man of um, 
uh, of great intellect. And so if you were choosing someone to be an apostle, you might choose him. You might think, actually, he's, he's got the right credentials, he's got the right um, uh, everything in his CV works. But Paul clearly says here, that's not how it happened. I'm an apostle by the will of God. I was chosen by God to be an apostle. That's why I'm an apostle. Not because I'm, I'm fit for it, not because I was, you know, met the criteria. I was just chosen. It was God's will, God's sovereign purpose that made me an apostle. And it's this theme that runs throughout Ephesians. God's sovereign will and purpose in our lives. And it's so important that we we start with this, that actually God is in control of everything. He determines everything. Um, And he is determining how our lives and everything about them uh, works out, if you like. Now, we have a part to play in that, and I will talk about that later. We do have a part to play. But we, we, we need to understand, and Paul fully understood, that God is sovereign. Now, that doesn't mean that Paul, when he was an apostle, he put everything into it. He gave his heart and soul into being an apostle, what he was called to do. So he worked tirelessly on what God had called him to do. But actually, his appointment and his apostleship was down to the will of God, and not his own qualifications. The reason this is so important is because in life we have to qualify for everything, particularly jobs, from uh, the Prime Minister to uh, the Head of the Police to the Cleaner. Everyone has to usually go through some sort of interview and has to demonstrate that they have got some qualifications to do that job. You have to merit what you get. Um, anybody who's been looking for a job, you have to do a CV, you have to go to interviews. You have to demonstrate, prove to the person interviewing you that you're the right person for this job. You have to merit it in some way. Um, Paul's saying, I didn't merit this, it was God's will. There is, of course, in, in particularly in the UK, one notable exception to that rule. Anybody can think of the notable exception to having to merit your position. The Queen. The Queen was there not by... She didn't go through an interview process. She didn't uh, go up against other candidates. She was there because she was born Queen. She was born to be Queen. And uh, this is often referred to, certainly that whole thing of uh, royal... Descent is called the divine right of kings. And, and, it's, and it's the understanding that we are born to rule, to be king, by the will of God. Uh, now that can be misused and has been misused in the past, but it's a really important and really helpful view of who we are. That actually our lives are not merited in terms of we have got here because we've achieved something. The Bible clearly says, and I also want to show you today, is that we have been born under the divine right of God. God has chosen us to be born, to be here, and to be who we are. 
This is what Ephesians chapter 1 particularly goes uh, and talks about. So, looking at Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4, it says this. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world. He chose us in him before the creation of the world. This is an incredible statement. This means that before the world was created, God knew you. He planned your very existence. He planned your birth. He chose your parents. He decided where and when it would take place. And this all took place before the world even existed. This is what this verse says. He also knew the time and the circumstances through which you would come to know Jesus. He planned it. He purposed it. So that you at some point in your life would hear the good news of Jesus and come to follow him. That's mind blowing. This all happened before there was one element of the world in place. And if you don't take my word for it in this one passage, it's everywhere, all over scripture. Romans 8 verse 29 says this, For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his Son. God foreknew them. He knew them before anything else. And he predestined or predetermined that they should be conformed to the likeness of his son. In 1 Peter 1 verse 1, to God's elect who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. In fact, that's the wrong verse, don't worry about it. To God's elect who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. It's wonderful what the song that Jamie brought a bit earlier. That actually... Whatever you, the circumstances surrounding your birth, you were not an accident. You were not... Uh, will, will this happen? Won't it happen? No, no. You were planned. You were wanted. You were wanted. Because God, in eternity past, thought of you... And planned your very birth. It's so important that we understand this because many of us have, uh, many people uh, have difficulties with how they were brought into this world. They've been told, well, you were an accident. We didn't plan you. We didn't. Or even some people have said, well, we didn't really want you. And that can actually have a real impact upon people's lives. The truth. Of the word of God. Is if you're here today. You were wanted. You were planned. You were no accident. And God wants you to know that. And so Paul writes this. In Ephesians. And why was this? Why did God plan this? Why did God spend so much time. Thinking about this before he even made the world. Well there's a number of reasons. Firstly. Uh, the end of verse 2, 
He wanted you to be holy and blameless in his sight. Now, some of you may think, well, that didn't work, did it? But of course, we are holy and blameless in his sight, because that's what the Bible says. And the reason for that is that Jesus was always the central part of the plan of salvation. Because he knew that you would be born sinful. He knew that you would be born into sin. And so the plan of salvation was to send his son, Jesus, and that when we came to know him, we would be washed clean. And his plan was always that you would be holy and blameless. Despite what's gone on, despite what's in your life, he looks at you and says, through Jesus, you are holy and blameless. And of course, Jesus is running all the way through. I hope you spotted that in these verses. In fact, between uh, verses 1 to 7 in Ephesians, you can count them, Jesus is referred to nine times. Nine times he comes up. Because he's the central character here, in terms of our being made right with him and the plan of salvation. And so, being, uh, being made and being fashioned, uh, the plan of salvation was for us to come face to face with Jesus and to be made holy and blameless. And that's what we are. And if you don't think that about yourself, then you need to change your thinking. Because that's what the purpose of God in forming you in pre- determining your birth and the circumstances you meeting Jesus was to make you holy and blameless and that's what he's made you and that's what you are but in verse 5 it says goes on into even more wonderful truth in verse 5 it says in love he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will you see, not, not only did God want to save you and make you holy and blameless, he wanted you as his son and daughter. He wanted you close to him. He wanted you as part of his family. You see, this wasn't simply uh, a God saying, I'm interested in making people. I'm interested, in, it's going to be an interesting uh, experiment for me. Um, I'm going to see what happens to them. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, I see. All right, okay. I'm going to make them holy and blameless. They're a bit messed up. I'm going to make them holy and blameless. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. That's not the point. This wasn't uh, a mad professor playing. No, no, no. This was a God who wanted sons and daughters. He wanted people, you and me, to be close him, to have a relationship with him, to love. He wanted you and me to know his love, to experience his love. And the amazing thing is, in verse 5, at the end of verse 5, it says there, in accordance with his pleasure and will. That's amazing. Amen. His pleasure. God did this because it made him happy. God did this. He thought of you 
He planned your birth. And when he thought of you, a smile came to his face. And it still does. You make God smile. Amen. Do you know that? Do you know that? You see, oh, yeah, when I, do, when I do it right, when I get it right, when I've managed to go through a day without sinning, then maybe God is, oh, you know, no, no. You're holy and blameless in his sight. You're his son, you're his daughter. You make him smile. You need to know this. You need to believe this in your heart because it's true. And so often we look at ourselves and we condemn ourselves and we think they're worthless and we think, how can God love me? Well, God says, it's not a problem for me. I, I love you because I made you, I planned you. You're holy and blameless. You're my son and my daughter and, and you bring me pleasure. Amen. You bring me pleasure. Amen. And you need to be able to say that about yourself. I bring God pleasure. I bring God pleasure because I'm his son. I'm his daughter. It's a wonderful, wonderful truth that Ephesians, that Paul brings out in Ephesians. And it's so important. I love the way Paul writes Ephesians because there's a lot in it. But he wants the readers to understand this is our starting point. This is where it all starts. Whatever else I go on to say, this is the foundation of it. I'm going to go on to say about how you live your life right. I'm going to go on to say about the good works you've got to do. I'm going to go on to say about fighting the good fight. But actually, I want you to start here. This is where you must start. I love you. You're my son. You're my daughter. I've planned your birth. I've planned everything about you. You're wanted, and you bring me pleasure. That's the starting point. And so Paul so carefully lays this down, packed, packed into this amazing passage of Scripture. I do want to say one thing now about this, because some of you might be thinking, if this is true, if, if, if my, my uh, life was so planned, and it was planned from eternity past, and every aspect of it, why... Has my life been quite hard? Surely, surely God, if that's true, God's going to make my life just wonderful and, and perfect and I'm going to live in a palace and I'm going to, you know, not have any troubles. And, and we, can, we can think, well, you know, surely, have you seen what I've been through? How can you say God planned that? Now, I don't have all the answers to this. But I do know that actually the Bible does help us in many, many ways in trying to understand this. Jesus didn't promise us a life free of trouble. In fact, quite the opposite. John 16, verse 33 says, In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. And 1 Peter 1, verse 6 and 7 says, Though now for a little while you may have to suffer grief of all kinds of trials... These have come so you, that, the, that, that your faith may be proved genuine um, and may result uh, in perishes even though... Uh, get this right. 
So you've proven genuous of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes it, that even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honour when Jesus Christ is revealed. These verses point out the fact that actually trouble and difficulties will come. Paul himself talked in his apostleship and what he did. And in 2 Corinthians, we won't read the passage, in 2 Corinthians 11, he talks about all the stuff he's been through. About the beatings uh, and, the, and the lashes that he got and uh, being in a shipwreck and all sorts of stuff, all sorts of sufferings and pain that he went through. And uh, so he knew what it was to suffer. He knew what it was to have a difficult life. But he also wrote this in Romans 8. A verse that perhaps many of us will know. Romans 8, verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, or hardship, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be sorted. No. In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Amen. As much as Paul persevered for the gospel. As much as he suffered, he knew, he knew that even that suffering, even that what he went through, the difficulty, could not separate him from the wonderful truth that is contained in Ephesians chapter 1. That in the midst of that suffering, he would know that he was wanted. He would know the amazing love and goodness and grace of God upon his life. He would know that he brought a delight to God's face. He would know that. Yeah, it was hard. It was a painful process that he went through. But Paul also knew that actually this was the key to life itself. Philippians 3 verse 10, he says, I want to know Christ. And Philippians 1 verse 21, for me to live is Christ. He, he had got to the secret of what it was to live life to the full. To live life in the knowledge of the wonder and the love of God. Amen. Despite what was going on around Amen. him. Now it's not to say that we just put up with difficulties and problems. We believe God inter- interacts and changes. And, uh, and, and, and we do pray and we, we do believe and we've seen happen. Uh, situations change. We do believe that here. We don't just say, oh well that's just your life and that's just the way you have to put up with it. We don't believe that. We believe God um, intervenes. But nevertheless, there will be times that we go through difficulties and hardships. And Paul, so clearly in Ephesians, wants us to have this bedrock of the love of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God, the presence of God, knowing who we are, knowing that he's loved us, knowing that he's chosen us, knowing that we are special to him and that we make him smile. In the midst of that, he wants us to have this as the truth. Because that can be experienced every day. Regardless of what you're going through. Whether you're going through a a wonderful time, just enjoy the presence and the love of God. Or whether you're going through a difficult time, you can know that too. Other bits and pieces, and I'll just finish with these things. 
Verse 3 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. That's an amazing truth as well. Everything in heaven, all the good things of heaven, are available to us. We can go, because we're sons and daughters, because we have access to the throne room, because we're wanted, because we're dearly loved, we can go and receive blessings from heaven. Every spiritual blessing in Christ is for us. We can pursue that. We can go to heaven and knock on heaven's door and say, you've promised blessings from heaven. And God says, yeah, you're right. You're my son, you're my daughter. I wouldn't hold them back. And verse 7. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with wisdom and understanding. A similar theme. Riches of grace lavished on us. We can experience that whether we're going through a good time or a bad time. And later on, Paul, and we'll do this another time, has talked about the good works planned and prepared for us to do. God has got much for you to walk in. This planning and Uh, of your life doesn't simply end at your salvation there is much more that God has for us and because he's already planned it in eternity past you're not going to miss it you're not going to miss it because he doesn't mess up he doesn't get to a point and says oh I can't do anything more no 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 he has good works planned for you to do but we will look at that in another time so just to sum up then Ephesians chapter 1, the first few verses, Paul is laying a foundation for our lives. The foundation is that in the eternity past, God knew you individually. He planned your birth. He planned you coming to know him. He planned you to be made right with him, to be made holy and blameless. He planned for you to be his son and daughter, to be brought close to him. And he did it because you bring him pleasure. You bring him pleasure. And if you get nothing else from this this morning, let your heart rise with this truth, that you bring God pleasure. And if your heart or anything tells you otherwise, it's a lie. It's a lie. God's word is true. God loves you. He loves you as a son and daughter. He loves being close to you. He takes pleasure in you. And you delight his heart. Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for revealing wonderful, wonderful truth to us. Father, I pray God that these truths would sit deeply in my heart, Lord, and the heart of everyone here, of how precious we are how individually known we are to you, how individually cared for we are, how individually loved we are. And I pray, God, that if there's any, uh, Lord, things in past that have caused problems, I pray, God, you'd break that now in Jesus' name by your love 
and you'd break into hearts today, showing your great love, showing that you wanted us, you wanted each person here, because you loved them, and you saw them in eternity, and now we're here, Lord, you are so pleased. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.